This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 540 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Longbox Roulette round number three. An all-star giant, game and reprints, Harley Stash, Wash's Requiem. The JLA is Shadowboxing, the League of Extraordinary Shadow Packs, and a possible return to normality. This is how I got my wife to read comics for Sunday, May 10th, 2020. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. And you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and maybe write us a review somewhere. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Well, with the great comic embargo of 2020 still in effect, we go to Longbox Roulette. All-Star Comics, 80-Page Giant, number one from 1999 by Wade, DeCracker, Propes, Kelly, Rouleau, Saud, Luke, Jones, Champagne, Payer, Pecomis, Von Graubodger, Thomas, Sharp, Baumgartner, Ostrander, Cohen, Floyd, Goyer, Robinson, Ross, and Hennessy. <sighs> Cover price was four ninety-five. This is from the second golden age of the JSA. Writers like James Robinson and Jeff Johns. For a time, Alex Ross did the cover art. Mark Wade gives us a story about the golden age Adam and how his anger about being a shrimp fuels him. Joe Kelly gives us an echo of Kingdom Come with the specter debating whether to wipe out humanity in the throes of World War II with the golden age Starman stepping into the reverend role, showing him that hope conquers all. Eric Luke brings us in the Golden Age Wonder Woman, who was Hippolyta at the time, trying to convince other distaff members, Phantom Lady and Liberty Bell, to act more like Amazons, only to be shown up by Ma Hunkle, the Golden Age Red Tornado. Tom Payer pits our man against a 90-minute armored man. JSA impresario Roy Thomas brings together the Golden Age Green Lantern, Dr. Fate, Firebrand, and the Shining Knight to protect FDR against Nazi magic, which ends up with Knight and Firebrand as an item. John Ostrander gives us a creepy tale of the Golden Age Sandman, at that point winding up his long Sandman mystery theater run at Vertigo, seeing friends Wonder Woman and Hawkman in Mortal Kombat only to discover a Nazi dream assassin behind it all. Finally, Robinson and Goyer set up a training fight between the 90s Jack Knight, Starman, and Wildcat, both learning a lesson. Stargirl appears as the Ring Girl. This makes me yearn for new JSA stories even more. Essential Vertigo, The Sandman, number 31, from 1999, from Vertigo, by Gaiman and McManus, cover price two twenty-five. Vertigo started a long run of reprints from their classic series Sandman and Swamp Thing in the mid-90s. 
1999 issue is a reprint of Sandman number 31 from 1991. I unwisely chose not to collect the original run, so this is the closest I could get short of buying a slipcase edition. This story, like many of Gaiman's tales, involves a wager, this time between despair and dream. A poor man in mid-1800 San Francisco has no purpose in life, but is too timid to kill himself. He decides that America's confusion is due to a lack of a king and declares himself emperor. A newspaper covers his declaration, and he becomes a local celebrity, advising Mark Twain, creating his own currency, which local businesses then accept, and rebuking the king of pain when he offers him real power. He dies contented, and dream wins the bet. Hope, even deranged, wins out over despair. Death escorts him out at the end. By the way, Joshua Norton was an actual real figure in San Francisco of the time. Mark, I'm going to just hop back to what you said about not collecting uh, Sandman when it first came out. And I want to point out that this was one of the comics that actually got me interested in picking out comics. I was working at a small book department in a department store that sold comic books, and Sandman, the original run, was just ending up as I worked there, and I was the one who picked it up. Ah. Do you remember that? I do. So this was a good title to actually get females interested in comic books. That's absolutely right. So I'm just kicking that back out there. The Batman Adventures, number 28, 1995, by Puckett, Perobeck, and Burchett. Cover price, $1.50. Batman, the animated series, probably had as large an impact on the Cape Crusader as The Dark Knight Returns. Harley Quinn was introduced there. Mr. Freeze was given his tragic backstory. Poison Ivy, her eco-warrior role. Harley is the main protagonist here as she hatches Joker's plan to turn Gotham's councilman psychotic. She also appears as Hendrik Heimlich, a mustachioed doctor given free reign at Arkham. How incompetent was the Arkham staff anyway? Of course, Batman figures it all out, and Harley, unable to resist her urges, kisses Joker and transfers her mustache to him. Joker throws his psychotic serum at Batman, only for him to say, Think, Joker, do you really want to face me psychotic? Forcing Harley to take the hit instead. How does all this happen in mid-toss? After the letter column, there's an hilarious promo for DC's new online service, Via America Online. Be sure to dig up your 20 free hours CD. It includes a guide to cyberspeak. Serenity, Float Out, 2010, from Dark Horse by Oswalt and Reynolds, cover price $3.50. For a TV show that only lasted half a season, resulting in a cult film, the Firefly slash Serenity universe has a long afterlife. Dark Horse licensed it from 2005 to 2017 with a ton of miniseries and one-shots. Joss Whedon resisted making it into an ongoing series, which didn't happen until Boom took it over just a few years ago. This one shot is set after the events in the film, specifically the death of Wash. Spoiler! Yeah. Three of his old cohorts are preparing to christen a new Serenity-class ship, the Jet Wash, and tell tales of their escapades with him. A daring raid against the Reavers with only Wash's flying skills saving the day, a battle over a crazy planet, a sacrifice over water filters to help his fellow smugglers escape. It all ends with a fourth figure joining them, it's Zoe, telling them not to waste champagne to christen the ship, use a cheap liquor instead. This is when we also learn that Zoe is pregnant with Wash's child. 
The story comes from comedian and uber geek Patton Oswalt, who was working on Whedon's Dollhouse series at the time. Justice League of America 2009 by McDuffie, Luis, and Meyer. Cover price $2.99. This is when the League had a mix of classic. The Trinity, Flash, Black Canary, Hawkman, Zatanna, and new members Red Arrow, a.k.a. Arsenal, the new Firestorm, Green Lantern, John Stewart, Vixen, and Black Lightning. It is also in the middle of a crossover with characters from Dwayne Duffy's Milestone imprint. McDuffie would pass away two years later. Milestone's Shadow Cabinet and Shadow Thief have teamed up, resulting in the team fighting their own shadows. Dr. Light, the good one, comes in to save the day, while Superman deflects a shadow moon from impacting the Earth. There's a character moment between Clark and Icon, Milestone Superman, before the away team goes home. We also get a backup story helping to set up events in the upcoming Blackest Night, which Didio promotes in his postscript. We were deep in crisis-itis at the time. And speaking of shadows... Shadow Pack number 24 from 2008 by Sturgis and Winslade, cover price $2.99. Bill Willingham of Fables had created this supernatural JLA for a 2005 crossover called Day of Vengeance, and this is the next to final issue of the resulting series. Shadow Pact is the name of various occult-centric teams throughout history, and this finale brought together teams from both past and future. But the main team is Blue Devil, unpowered by this time, Detective Chimp, just what it sounds like, Ragman, Enchantress, Zoriel, Nightshade, and Warlock's Daughter, who are allied with teams from the early 20th and 22nd centuries against the Sun King. Phantom Stranger drops by, as do a few other mainline and fad heroes of the time. There's a whole League of Extraordinary Gentlemen vibe here. After various battles, the story teases a final fight between Jack of Fire, an actual demon, versus his younger brother, Blue Devil, at this point just a guy in a demon suit. This is the kind of strange storyline we don't see in DC Comics much anymore. Well, if all goes as planned, this may be the final round of Long Box Roulette for a while. Diamond is scheduled to begin shipping again with May 20th being the first new Wednesday since late March. The alternative distributors have been shipping for a few weeks to a minority of stores, but as of this moment are only shipping DC stuff, most of it reprints. So we'll see if they survive the transition. We'll also see if Diamond actually does ship what has already come out and in what manner. In segments? All at once? Meanwhile, word is coming out that Marvel is moving a few single issues to digital only meaning there will be no paper floppies in the middle of a comic's run. They will appear in paper trades later, maybe. By the way, Marvel will go back to normal shipping as of May 27th. All right, before we get out of here, it's time to play America's fastest-growing new game show. Guess who's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly? Are you ready, Mark? Yes. Uh, are we doing Entertainment Weekly? Oh, you know what? We don't have an Entertainment Weekly. So I guess it's time to bring out the big newsstand. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Get a magazine that hasn't already been shut down. And stop. And it's TV Guide this week. Okay. Are you ready, Mark? I think I am. Okay. TV related? Uh, Yes. Uh, you assume, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's one person on the cover? No. Two? Yes. 
a man and a woman? Yes. Um, are they both the cast of a TV show? Yes. On broadcast? No. On cable? Yes. Um, on, on, on pay cable? No. Okay, so regular cable um, is the... Okay, first, is the show a scripted show? Yes. Is it... Um, is it a drama? Yes. Is it genre related? Yes. Uh, okay. And it's okay, genre. So is it um, uh, mystery? No. Uh, is it horror? No. Is it sci fi? Uh, no. Is it super, uh, some, in some form of supernatural? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's on, okay. It's a man and a woman, and it's, let's see here, uh, it, are, are, the, are the actors uh, 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 under age 30? No. Okay, under age 40? No. Under age 50? Yes. Okay. Two actors in their 40s doing a show on basic cable that is... Kind of supernatural related. I'll give you a big clue. Okay. It's on the Hallmark Channel. It's on the Hallmark Channel. It still doesn't give me a big clue. Because you're not going to get it. Okay. It's two actors who we watched in other series. In other series. And this is like the sixth season of their current series. Wow. I didn't know Hallmark actually had series. I assume they just showed Christmas movies. <laughs> um, I don't think you're going to get it, but you can keep trying if you want. Okay, I'll keep going. Um, uh, is the... Were they together in the other series? No. Okay. Okay. Um, was the other series? Oh, okay, well. sorry, you're out of time. Have you ever heard of this series, The Good Witch? I never have. It's got Catherine Bell <laughs> from Jag. From Jag, and then the guy who was in Eureka. Oh. Okay. The Maytag repairman now. Oh wow! I I wondered whatever happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, which is really sad because I thought he was very good. Yeah, I, I don't remember his name at all. Hmm. So, okay. Well, at least he got on a cover of TV Guide. Yeah. <laughs> Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.